Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. And thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. This is a place where we can come and talk openly and honestly about all things spirit stuff, my favorite stuff. My intention and mission with this podcast is to interview people and get curious about their spiritual journeys, their lessons, their wisdom, their unique perspectives on life, so that it may empower and enlighten your journey and my journey as we walk and talk each other home. And so I am your host, Danny. Welcome back. And joining me today, I have Ariana. I work with her at Evoke Yoga, and we were talking the other night at a little gathering that the owner had for all the teachers, and I learned a lot about her story, and I was like, girl, you need to come on this podcast and share it with me, because so this podcast is going to be all about her practice of intuitive nutrition. And she works with clients. She helps people develop a new relationship with food and start to really look at food with a new perspective. And she competed for a little while. And so if you've ever competed before, you know that the hard restrictive dieting can kind of cause um, disordered eating you know, let's just call it what it is. Uh, if you're not really, really conscious and really, really careful of it, because going to extremes with restrictions can kind of cause swings the other way. And then all of a sudden you're counting everything you're eating. And then you need to do this amount of exercise to, you know, overwork this amount of food that you ate. And it just, the relationship becomes really convoluted. And I, not just if you compete, I think, I think a lot of people, uh, in America, have a, have a weird relationship with food. And so I was really inspired by Ariana's perspective on intuitive nutrition and how she chooses her, her food, how, the energy that she buys her food with, where she gets like, for me, it was just like, oh my gosh, that's such a cool way to look at food. And even like, we talk about using food as the compass and saying, okay, what are you eating and when are you eating it? And then working backwards from there and say, okay, well, are you missing this, this, and this in your life? Are you feeling this, this, and this? And I was just like, man, this is such a cool way to look at food in our relationship. And for me, the first way to change something is to become aware of it. And food is a big indicator for so many things in our life. Um, like I said, what we're missing maybe addictive tendencies, sadness, anger, our food can, can tell a lot about our energy and what's going on with us. Um, yes. And we talk about how it's never the food. The food is sort of the symptom of something deeper that's going on. And we also talk about Pilates. So at Evoke, she teaches Pilates and she talks about how this like really changed her life and gave her her life and her mojo back. And she lives in Hawaii. She's sort of nomadic right now, has been popping around to all these different places and just, just living, you know, getting out there and living life and helping people along the way. And, um, but Pilates is a big staple for her along with her practice of intuitive nutrition. Pilates is something that she speaks so highly and so beautifully about. And so, I actually tried a Pilates class. I didn't get to her class in time before she left to California, but I did try a Pilates class and you guys, it was pretty fun. I don't know why I was scared about it. I was scared for, to try it, um, but I did it and it was fun and I could see why people get into it. So anyway, enjoy this podcast with Ariana about intuitive nutrition and about Pilates and self-discovery. And we even talk about plant medicine. It seems like I'm just attracting all these people who are so open to, to this path. And it's so exciting for me and feels so in alignment and so on purpose. And so enjoy this podcast, everybody. Thank you for joining me for another one. And I will see you on the next show. Namaste.
Boom. Ariana, welcome to the show, Talking Each Other Home. Thank you, Danny, for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you with me today. So I there's so much for us to talk about. And just to give everybody a little preview, I want to talk about your journey with nutrition and, and even bodybuilding. I mean, we connected over that at a Maybe I should back up for a second. You guys, I work with Ariana at the yoga studio here in Cape Cod, Evoke, um, yoga and meditation. She teaches Pilates. I've heard such amazing things about your class and I'm so bummed that you're leaving tomorrow because I didn't get to get to one. Um, and so we, we started really talking at a holiday party the other day and I found out that she used to compete. She's been on an amazing journey with intuitive nutrition and she helps clients and her perspective on that among plant medicine, living nomadically, like kind of all the cool stuff that she's into um, really piqued my interest. And I was like, girl, we need to like talk and record this stuff because some of that information you have about uh, nutrition, that perspective switch, I think is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um so that's just like a little preview, but I want to, I guess let's just start with like who you are, what you do, and we'll get into the journey in a second coming from, you know, I guess point A to where you are now. So, so welcome. Hi. Hi. Yeah. It's so exciting to be here and to connect with you on such a beautiful way and be able, being able to put ourselves together and give more to the world. Mm -hmm. um, so it's so funny because I love food. But the reason why I'm here is really from trauma and trauma that I experience in my life. And through my journey, I understood where comfort connects with food. And the more I was on this healing journey, right, through through so many different things, <laughs> I felt like I was gravitating more towards the physical, tangible food itself. And for me... I really had to take a step back because I understood that I was overcompensating with the tangible food. So I was lacking experiences in love and happiness in my primary food, expressions, habits, behaviors. And I found myself overcompensating where if I was neglected in a place of love that I would eat sweets. And if I was experiencing suppressed rage or anger, I would find myself eating spicier foods or crunchy foods. So I use food as a tool to see inside of myself, inside of my life. Mm, I love that. And it's almost like the food is the compass. So it points you, it's like, what are you eating? How are you eating? When are you eating? And then it's like, okay, now let's pick that apart. I thought that was really super interesting um, that, you know, you brought that up the other day. I was like, man, and so many people have issues with food. And I know we talked about even post bodybuilding, how mm. that kind of like, so what created the trauma with food in the fir first place? So that, so that's it. So bodybuilding. So right when we got into it, I, I never thought twice about the food that I put in my body ever. And part of me kind of wishes I could go back to that mental space. And I'm also honored that I went through all of this to be so conscious with every single expression and choice I make in my life, especially with food. But just the whole process of restricting yourself and connecting food with body image. And it's not necessarily adding in the food with body image, like you eat, um, you eat in abundance and then afterwards you feel full. It was more the restriction, right? So if I restrict myself, then this is how I can feel. So I got into that mentality 
which, you know, for the competition setting, I've always been very passionate about every single thing that I believe in, which I love and I'm I'm proud of. And also I was so passionate to the point where I let that overpower me. And even after the fact, you know, I, I did about three and a half months of a really hardcore diet. I didn't have a single cheat day. What is cheating? Um, I didn't, I didn't have any, any day like that. Um, I competed. I, I won two first place titles and then my I, overall in the competition, I was fourth place. And for my first competition, first and only competition, I felt so good. Like I, I did something really hard for myself and then, and then the competition was, was over in an, in an hour. So I'm like, okay, well, what now? The very next day I went on vacation and I was in this mentality already restriction. So you go on the plane and you're like, oh no, I'm I'm all set. I don't need the, the cookies. And I feel so, I felt so good saying that. Like I just didn't need it because I wasn't used to having it. And then the first day on vacation, I was like, oh, you know, I don't need dessert, you know, endless, endless buffet of dessert. Mm-hmm. The second day, like, oh, I can try it. You know, maybe that will feel good for my body. The third day it was like, oh my gosh, this is so delicious because I was in that restriction mindset. So now here's an endless buffet of of sweets and all these foods that aren't good, aren't in the in the hindsight of things, aren't good for you. So that's where I started to sort of understand the negative impact that food itself, the tangible food had on my body, but putting it in that container of restriction of, I, I didn't want to restrict myself at all whatsoever. So now I completely flopped it to, I can have whatever I want. And with that, it's a beautiful thing, but what is it that you want? You know, I was gravitating more towards the foods that were off limits for me because I was put in this container, this mindset of you cannot have this. So now I have all these things, but when I have them instantly, it's, it's regret, it's shame, it's remorse. It's all of that, that, and I didn't know where that was coming from because I was slim. I'm very active. I've been active my entire life and and I, and I didn't feel good. I would eat this food and then I would feel maybe a little bit more bloated, um, still as, as a very petite person, especially at that point in my life, you know, these, these little actions would just, you know, cause, you know, destruction in my body. And that's when I really started to experience without, you know, categorizing it, but for the sake of this body dysmorphia and disordered eating, because I would, eat this food and I would feel so bad. It was detrimental to my mental health. I would feel horrible about myself. And then that's when I really got into um, this, this lasted for a few years. And then I entered the world of fasting and through, through many different, um, I guess, many different doorways, but the most, yeah, it was a, huge, huge transition point in my life when I understood back in that restriction mindset and saying, okay, well, actually my body doesn't want any of that stuff and and I don't need it. So I'm just going to live off of liquids. <laughs> so you restrict yourself and you're living in, in this non-sustainable way of, of life with food. And then you overly eat, which is also not sustainable or not even overly eat, but you feel like that in your mind because it's heavier. 
and then back into that restriction. And for me right away, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm cleansing. I'm cleansing my body. So this is good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so comical because my body, I mean, I was, I was little, I was, I was super tiny. I was, I was cleansing in terms of liquid diets. And then I was doing a lot of colonic colonics and then enemas and I was taking a lot of supplements and tinctures and all, all the things. And, and it was great. I, I love the idea of cleansing your vessel, but you can, you can only do that for so long for me and my body. And so here I am back in this restricted mindset and I was, I was living basking in that. And now I'm not only eating the sweets, feeling super heavy in my mind, I'm eating any solid, putting any solid in my body. Here we go again. So it was sort of like this. I was, I was revisiting this old pattern, you know, it's been a few years kind of in, in this like body dysmorphia, weird mental space with food. And then I found fasting. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm fixed. And then I eat regular food again. I'm like, crap, <laughs> you know, here we go. And right now where I, where I am here in this current space is I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually on a reverse diet because my body for so long in the disordered eating and being on liquids, it screwed up my metabolism. So anytime I would eat more than probably 1300 calories, my body would just retain. And I wouldn't understand why, because I'm like, well, I'm not eating. So my body should feel good, but my body has been asking for more for so long. And that's where, you know, intuitive nutrition comes in and intuitive nutrition is very much a intentional intuitive guide for intangible food. So why am I doing this? Why am I partaking in this activity of restriction? Mm. You know, that doesn't feel good for me because I want to fill up, but I don't have to fill up on, on any one thing, right? It doesn't have to be the secondary food. It doesn't have to be the space in between. I can find a balance and that's, that's what I teach and practice and promote. And part of me circling back into the secondary food, um, the tangible food is understanding how I can balance that into my primary food life. So, so that's where I am now. Okay. Thank you for that. I love it. And it's, I feel like it's so relatable because so many people have tried cleansing and juice stuff and fast and doing all these different things. So thank you for making that so relatable. Cause I think all of us have tried it. I love fasting. Um, but for more spiritual reasons, like if it's a full moon or I have a ceremony coming up, it's actually quite easy for me to not eat. That used to not be the case though. I remember with bodybuilding, I was like, Nope, every two hours, like I was starving before two and a half hours would even come around. And I'm like, I don't know how you people fast or whatever. It just wasn't even reg. I could, I would get up in the middle of the night and eat because I would be so hungry and also so restricted. And I would get up and, and, you know, this was like a 10 year deal of strict dieting and it was either all on or all off. And now I've come to a place where everything is very even, but after I retired, I also went vegan. So for me, my relationship with food changed completely. And, you know, it wasn't the same as it was, but I still had that sweet tooth because for 10 years, it was like a big no, no. And, um, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I just wanted to say, I relate to your story so much, especially with the restricted. And what I find is like, when we get so restricted, when we go to the extreme of no, like you're in this box and this is what you can eat. The everything else is a no. 
then you swing to the other extreme where everything is a yes, but it's overabundance. And so you're doing the same thing, but the opposite extreme. And, you know, I find that with bodybuilding so much because I was either on point, super dialed in 2% body fat, or I was, you know, very chunky in the off season, like my clothes hurt, my skin hurt, everything was just inflamed. And I literally had to diet just so I could start losing weight and go the other way back down. And I call it like, it was almost like food immaturity. It was like, I couldn't handle, I think now I would be a little different just because of the awareness and consciousness that I have around food. And like, but then, I mean, you know, I was 25. I was like, had all this, all this stuff going on. And the swings were just, I was so almost like unaware. Like I knew it, but I didn't, I didn't have that observer view yet. Like, girl, look at you. Like, come on, you just get a hold, but that Oreos are so good. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> so I wanted to make a distinction with, um, between primary food and secondary food. I've heard you mention that a couple of times. So I just want to like open that box a little bit. Absolutely. I'd love to share more on that. So I am a certified holistic health coach. Um, the practice um, I teach is called intuitive nutrition. In the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, I learned about primary and secondary food. So what primary food is, so so they explain it in my in the coaching platform. But for me, I sort of taken that because it has impacted my life so much that I really make my practice about those two categories. So primary food is your is the intangible food it's your expressions your habits your behaviors your relationships all parts of life that you fill yourself up on mm. secondary food is the tangible food i am going to cook this put this in my body and digest it so when you're experiencing a primary food void so right you're so you're not receiving the love or the affection or you're you feel like you're missing out in some sort of in some area then you overcompensate with secondary food and these, this is what I've witnessed as a coach with my, with my own self, my own journey. And then with my clients. Interesting. So for example, if you're missing a primary food, that might be love. So maybe at night you're missing being with a partner or you're missing that like love and affection at nighttime, even if you have your partner, but maybe you guys aren't sitting together on the couch and there's no love time. Maybe you go for extra sweets at night. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's, this is, and like I said, like I use food as the tool, the compass, the gateway into the rest of, of what you're experiencing in life and where you can really pinpoint those voids. You know, a lot of people will come to me and say, well, I want to lose weight or I want to diet or da, 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 or they, they can pinpoint that they have a poor relationship with food, but it's not the food that they have that poor relationship with. You know, if someone says that they want to diet, I will say, or they want to lose weight rather, I'll say, okay, eat this, this, and this, here you go. And then they, they take it and they say, well, I can't, I can't do that. If, if it was that easy, then they would already do it, but it's not that easy because it's not the food. The food is never the problem. It's the space in between the attachment to food. Mm, I love that. So good. Um, and, and something you said, um, well, I'm thinking about food being the compass and the direction. And so for me, it kind of reminds me of addiction. So like alcohol isn't the problem, but it's the space that you're drinking from. Like, what is that root thing that's down there so deep making you go to extremes? Because 
it could be anything. It's not just alcohol that you grab. It could be over-exercising. It could be shopping, gambling, but it's like, where is that? What are you filling that void with, you know, and how or whatever. Um, so that's a big, that's a big hit. So it's like intuitive nutrition. And I love the idea of food, not just being food, food. It's, and they explain this in the Bhagavad Gita, this Hindu scripture I'm studying right now. Food is like anything you can consume, what you're watching on TV, um, music you're listening to, like all of this stuff is eaten by our body. And I just think that's such a cool way to look at food, what we read, who we talk to, like vibrational food vibrational food exactly it's so cool and it's it's my favorite topic and you know what food are you surrounding yourself with when you're eating food that's that's a huge one right there because i truly believe that you can change i mean in science that you have the ability to change or alter the molecular structure of the water in your food so if i'm you know ar around negative people and they're they're just not positive and it doesn't feel good for you that's the energy that you're putting into your food then and then you're going to put that into your body that doesn't make sense <laughs> i don't agree with that so for me eating is a ceremony preparing food for myself is a ceremony it's my greatest best space and active self love for myself it's my favorite way to nourish people that i love is to prepare food for them because i have the ability to take this piece of lettuce, put some positivity in it, put some love in it, and then serve this to people who I, who I genuinely care and love. Mm. Yeah. So it speaks to like people, when they say the secret ingredient is love, like there's some truth in that because, and even when you think about people who clear water, like they, they, they pray over their food because maybe it didn't come from like the most ethical source, but they pray over it. They send it, you know, different light energy or different Reiki. And that can actually start to change the vibration of your food, which I think is super powerful. And what a cool way to think about feeding people. It's like infuse that with some of those good vibes. And I, something else we talked about at the party the other night was where you buy your food and how you buy your food and the energy that goes with that. So if you don't mind talking a little bit about that. Right. So where I live, I have the ability to go next door or go outside and pick, you know, lemons off of the tree. And I can say, this is, this is beautiful. This is abundant. It is safe. It is rich. Not everywhere in the world do you have that access. And I understand that. So when you go to, you know, the store, what, what stands out to you? Do I want to go like, let's just say lemons, for instance, I love organic. I, I love the idea of, of <laughs> not putting chemicals in my food. Um, but let's go, let's go past that. Are you going to go to a regular chain, chain grocery store? Or are you going to go to your small mom and pops market and support them? Because if you know that this lemon is going to be picked off of a tree in, in Florida and I won't get it for weeks later. Okay, that energy is the same. That is something that I cannot change. But what I can change is the energy of supporting a small business and filling up uh, filling up on your on your food that way. And I know that my con my purchase is contributing to your business. So that's this energy exchange for you. And that's now the energy that I'm putting into this food. So, you know, when you think about energy or your quality or, or things like that, I always think, okay, well, if let's take away the things that you cannot change, you know, this is organic. This is from the same place that you go to stop and shop. They get, you know, the same, same um, locations, but, but where is, 
you know, the energy of money now going and how much money are you putting into your food? So I think we talked about this one the other night too, which is really fascinating for me is, is the energy that you're putting into the money that you're putting into the food. So if you have, here's a lemon, here's two lemons. This one is 79 cents and this one is 85 cents. So what one would you, you know, generally gravitate towards? 79 cents because it's cheaper. But that, you know, six cents, is that going to limit your your ability to buy something more? Probably not, maybe, but in most cases it's not. You have that, you know, sitting underneath your car, you know, underneath the car seat, you know? <laughs> So, so when you think about restriction, you're living in the limited mindset and also you're putting that energy into your food. So if you kind of take a step back from it and you say, okay, well, can I afford six cents more? The answer is yes. Okay. So I'm going to get that one because I know that I'm putting more money. I'm putting more energy into this food, which now I'm putting into my body and it expands your mindset with food and with money especially like a lot of my clients who I work with are focusing on wealth, finances, and relationships. So that is the first thing that I, that I talk to them about is how much money are you spending on your food? Okay. Let's, let's bump that up. If you have a successful day or if you're feeling excited, instead of going to the, you know, nail salon for, for example, um, go, go to the store and buy yourself some nutrients and spend some money on yourself just because after you eat it doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's not like a trophy. It's like, oh, I, I did something really good today. So I'm going to go buy myself, you know, a pair of Gucci shoes. It's like, because I can show this off. You know what you can show off is your health when you're 90 years old. So that starts now. The Gucci shoes are going to, you know, not be in style probably when you're 90 years old. So yeah. So I, I, longevity, health, and the health and the wealth and the relationships, all of that, that you cannot see, you know, on the front lines, it's all behind the scenes. It's inside of our body. It's inside of our minds. So that's, that's when I talk about food and how much energy that you're putting into food and the quality, you know, take away what you can't change and, and, and then change something within that. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It. <laughs> I love it. I, well, I remember when we were talking about like the abundance and scarcity. So like, like the lemon thing, if you're buying from a place of scarcity, like, oh my gosh, I'm running out of money. I need to cheap out on food or something like that. But then you're, you're almost buying the food in a scarcity mindset and then eating and feeding that to your body. So it's just like scarcity breeding scarcity versus if you're like, I'm going to buy the better lemon, let's say, or apple or whatever, I'm going to go to the better market, you know, or the, the little farmer's market, support this small business and pay six more cents for an apple. And then I'm going to feed that abundance and that good energy into my body versus kind of trying to take the cheap way out. I understand what you mean by that. I think it's a really cool way to think about buying your food and energy exchange. I mean, of course, like everything, everything in moderation. So don't go super crazy, but it might be better to buy less apples at a, at a really um, mom and pop store where, you know, where it's all happening versus 10 apples at, you know, stop and shop where they've been passed down and pesticided and whatever happens in their process. It's just interesting to think about not just like what nutrients are you feeding your body, but what energy are you buying and then feeding into your body? Cool. It's so cool. cool. 
you know, and it takes away the thought of like calories and macros. It's like how many calories are in this apple? It's like, you know, energy, right? So that's, we're still talking about energy with calories, but if you take that away and think about what are you eating and where does it come from? It almost takes away that big rain cloud of macros and calories and all the stuff that's in like the weight loss and nutrition industry. Um, you know, and even that would take care of like buying all the stuff in a box or buying all the shitty food that really doesn't make you feel good. I think even taking the energy approach to it versus the calorie approach, it heals the relationship. Yeah. Talk about, cause I know you went through a big thing with your relationship with food too. So I, I want to hear about that. Oh yeah. It's, um, oh, it's, it's so funny. It's, it's not the relationship with food it's the relationship to the relationship with food. So you're, you're even, you know, it's like your deck of cards. It's like from the top looking down, you have one card. Okay. Maybe step to the side. Cool. You have a deck, but are you actually spreading everything out and really like picking in between, you know, we have, we're humans. And with that, we have such great access to the space in our mind. So why aren't we using that to, you know, max capacity, fullest expression of, of that. So when it, comes to the relationships to the relationships with food I'm not only thinking about you know do I like cake yes cool (laughs) am I gonna eat this yes I'm thinking about why am I having this right now you know for instance like cake on a birthday who said you have to have cake on a birthday if you didn't have your cake on a birthday how would you feel let's talk about that because if you don't have that then you're you already know that your attachment is not to the food itself. It's to that feeling, whatever comes up, you know, lack of restriction, rejection, not feeling loved by your family, you know, all, all, all of that. So for me, it's not about having cake on a birthday. It's about having people who I love surround me, expressing themselves, using their voice, singing, Mm -hmm. and we get to enjoy this cake cool like amazing you know but it doesn't have to be it's not about that food it's about the expression that you're able to bask within Mm. that's cool that's cool I love that um and (laughs) it's so fun it's cool to it's cool to like work through it and I can even see stuff in my own self because I I like sweets at night sometimes I don't, I don't overdo it anymore, but I do sometimes. And I'm like, I wonder if I went and sat with my husband on the couch, if I would still have the same, like pulled towards the sweet that night. So I'm going to like do a little experiment with myself and see where that's coming from. I love that. And I'd be so curious to know how you feel and, and then giving yourself full permission when you do want to have sweets, if you're able to, so it's, it's for me in consciousness, it's, it's about being fully conscious in my decisions. So even if I do, am am feeling a little sensitive or am feeling a little neglected in the area of love, can I give myself permission to have this, this piece of chocolate? If the answer is yes, then I will eat it. I will enjoy it. And I will say thank you to my body for receiving this. And afterwards I won't experience that mental warfare, that, that fight with the food itself, because I was able to put that energy into the food that is going to make me feel better and give myself more love. But if it comes to a place of like, you know, you go through a breakup and your friends show up with chocolate and popcorn and ice cream and, you know, and then after the fact, after you eat all that stuff, 
you're sad and now you feel crappy in your body, that's just adding negativity and bad energy. So if you can give yourself permission to overcompensate when needed, if you're consciously doing it, absolutely. As soon as it goes to the place of unconsciousness, then then that's that's where we can really go down into that rabbit hole. Mm. Conscious food decision-making. I think I like that intuitive nutrition piece too, because it's like listening to your intuition. Like, is this um, coming from a place of hurt, like a void, or is this coming because I just want a piece of chocolate and it's okay to have a piece of chocolate. So whatever, I'm just going to allow myself to have that. Um, and so I guess thinking of like, does it come from a guilty space or a void, or is it like a happy space or just like listening, listening into your intuition and, and guiding your food choices from there? Um, even versus like looking at a piece of paper, you know, I think we talked about this too. Like, I don't like giving people macros because it's not sustainable. I actually like cringe. I don't want to count calories. I don't think it matters. Just eat healthy and just whatever and no rules. Right. Like I think when we say, no, you can't have chocolate, then we're in that box again. And then all we want is chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. And well, and I'm actually, I'm curious about your journey with Pilates too. So you went from bodybuilding and then you somehow found Pilates and are like loving it and such a great teacher. So I'd love to know what that was like. Pilates is, is my savior. It's my saving grace. It's what really shifted a lot for me in this world. So I was working, so I was in the Marine Corps. Um, I was in the Marine Corps for five years and in, in, some trainings, I ended up breaking my back. And from that, yeah, it's crazy. So from that, and it it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't enough where I needed surgery or anything, but the way that it healed back together, you know, shifted my hips, which then, you know, led on to this whole slew of, of the other things. So I was and at that time period, I was working as a 911 dispatcher. So my, you know, your, your worst day of your life was my day job. So I was experiencing a lot of that mental trauma while I had this physical trauma. My body just felt like crap, really. So I started practicing yoga, um, hot 26 and two. It was, it was great because it was so hot that I wasn't thinking about my body or food or trauma or work or anything like that. I was thinking about surviving in that class. Cause I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> so that was enough for me. And then, um, and then one day, I showed up to take yoga and the owner of the studio was like, oh, well, you miss yoga. But if you wait, you know, 15 more minutes, then you'll, you'll make the Pilates class. And, you know, I had heard about it. I'm like, okay, I'm already here. My heart wasn't set on it, but I'm like, okay, I'm here. I should just stay and do it. So first time I walked in, I felt, I felt good in my body at that, at, in that moment, but I walk into this class and there's strobe lights. I'm like, what am I doing? And, you know, you know, I'll, you know, the yoga that I was practicing was lights, full blast, no music, just straight dialogue intensity. So I walk into this space. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Music comes on and we're like doing glute bridges. I'm like, wow. Okay. We're really doing, we're really doing this. Okay. And then there's enthusiasm and joy and we are doing harder workouts than I've done a lot, some workouts in the Marine Corps. And everyone is laughing and they're smiling and they're dancing on the breaks. And I'm like, what is this world? Where can I ask? How can I, how can I have more of this? So I left that class that day 
crying my eyes out. I felt such a relief with the trauma of experiences that happened at the police department. And then the trauma in my body, my body did not hurt. In fact, my body felt amazing. My back didn't hurt. I felt strong. And I just did this super hard workout. So I left that day and yeah, there was no, there was no return. I said, if this is how I can feel with everything that I experienced personally, then I would, it's my path to act as a stepping stone for other people to experience that level of healing. And I'm not saying that I am healed and all that stuff, but it was a huge step for me. We're always healing from something, no matter what, you know, but it's, it's moving forward in that forward motion. So if I could act as that stepping stone for other people to move in that forward direction, absolutely. So I went and I got certified. Um, I went to an Inferno Hot Pilates training and that's, and that's what I teach. And then after that, the, um, the owner who, who's my, a friend of mine, she asked me if I wanted to complete the yoga training, because that's what brought me into the space of Pilates. That's how I found it. So I said, yes. And then, um, a little bit after that, I quit my job as a full-time nine one dispatcher to teach Pilates and yoga full-time. Mm. And then soon or maybe a year after that, actually, of teaching full-time, um, you know, my body, my mind, my intuition just said more. What more can you do? Because there's more for you. So I think it was through social media or certain people that I, I followed on there. They they planted the seed of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and like, hmm, okay. And then I looked around at other health coaching platforms and schools and stuff. and But that one really stuck with me. So I had a call with them and then I signed up for a six month program. It was an accelerated one and I got certified as a health coach and I was talking a lot about nutrition and food and, and I didn't really understand where I was going with coaching. Um, I had like, I had my first practice client. It was my friend's mom and she's like, I want to be your first client. So we did that thing and it was fun, but there was, there was more that I needed to uncover about myself and um, just always bringing it back to moving your physical body, because for me and what I practice and preach is it's very difficult to get in here if you're not in here first. Mm -hmm. So to be embodied means to be in a body and to move your body to attach yourself to it, you know, and then once you're able to feel the physical sensations that come, you know, with discomfort and all of that of just, of just being a human in a vessel, you know, then you can go deeper. You know, a lot of people go into the mind first without getting into their bodies, but now working backwards, you know, did you move today? Did you shake your body today? Did you make sounds so that you could even hear yourself? You know, us as humans, we we're meant to do way more than walk, sit, stand and run. You know, when was the last time you screamed? When was the last time you shook your body or just did anything that wasn't, you know, in societal, you know, the viewpoint of, of normal. So that's what I promote and preach and be, it's such an honor to lead classes because for me, Pilates is, you know, it's a embodied spiritual movement, movement practice. And I put Pilates on it because if I, if I just led a class that was spiritual movement practice, a lot of people would say, I'm not sure what that is. And it might draw, draw people away. So I like to do these certain things and, um, and attach an idea that most people are, are aware of. And then once they're in there, then they say, oh, actually it's way more than a workout. 
And same thing with, with coaching. It's not, you know, me saying like, yeah, let's go. You can do it. It's, it's about, you know, what are you really feeling? Are you being honest to yourself, honest with yourself? So Mm -hmm. just being able to hold space in all these different, all these different ways is so cool. I love that. What a fun journey. Oh my gosh. And it's just getting started. (laughs) How long ago did you get certified? I got certified in 2020. Okay. So a couple of years. Yeah. Um, I, I started teaching Pilates in 2018 yoga, I believe late 2018 or 2019. And then 2020 was health coach. I moved to Kauai, um, in March of 2021. And then, um, so I'm coming up on that anniversary, which is really special. Um, and just like how I felt back then of there's more, what more can I do? I still feel that because I feel that this is medicine, connecting people with themselves, their own intuition. And it's not me showing up and giving you the answer. Because if I gave you the answer, it's not your answer. I'm here to give you the tools to ask yourself your questions mm-hmm. so that you can understand and navigate how you can get to your answer for yourself. Love that. And that's a good coach right there is, you know, having them answer and come up with the answer themselves. And it hits different versus somebody saying, this is how you need to eat. This is when you need to eat them figuring it out. It hits different and deeper. Um, And something you said about getting into the mind through the body. I think that's really important because if you think about the layers of our body and like this, the densities So like the the body is the most dense thing that we have. That's the densest energy field. If you think about it like that. So it's like, that's kind of your way in. And then from there you go into the mind, which is a little more subtle of an energy field. And then from there you go into your spiritual or energetic field, which is the most subtle. Um, And I feel like if you go from the body mind, then into the spirit, like enter it that way, then you're grounded in all of your evolution and all of your ascension that you figure out versus let's say going right to the spiritual world. Then sometimes you forget that you're human. You forget that like you, you know, I, cause I played with both sides. I was very, very human, very physical. And then I was like, Nope, I don't need to do anything with this body. It's not me. It's not who I am. And then went very spiritual. And now I'm sort of, I'm coming back in the middle. I'm like, Oh no, we need both. Like this is my vessel for my soul. If my soul is the most important thing then I need to keep this vessel clear and working really well for it. So I've also had an interesting journey through the different layers of us. And the mind was always sort of that almost like the guardian. I think of it sometimes as like, cause it's like the doubt, it's the fear. It can kind of block you from getting into, it's the belief or not like getting into that more spiritual realm. Um, so yeah, that's just an interesting way to think about it is like body up. That's so beautiful, Danny. And it's so, it's so important. Um, it's, it's funny. And also establishing a, a balance with that because yes, we are, we are humans. We're in this body and we also have a very vast capacity in our mind space. So how can you connect the two? And for me, for, in my own process and journey, I was focusing so much on, my primary food, right? How, how I would fill up in life, you know, from meditation to honoring the physical food to plant medicine and all of that, where I really lost 
touch with the secondary food. What is this food? What's in the food, right? Because I was focusing on the energy and where I'm getting my food from. But if I'm actually looking at in terms of macros and stuff like that, which it's funny because now I'm revisiting that because working with a coach that I have and meeting macros every day is, is going at first I was looking at it like it was going against my belief system, everything that I, that I grew to be true about intuitive nutrition. And now here I am logging what I put in my body. Absolutely not. But now for me, I'm able to be so consciously aware of what I put in my body, how I put it in my body. I can attach my intuition to it. I can say, does this feel good? You know, I have, you know, with macros, you have room to play with, right? So it doesn't have to be chicken and broccoli and brown rice three times a day or whatever, you know, it can be whatever I want, but with, but within these more so guides for me is what I'm using them for so that I can be one more aware of the food that I'm putting in my body and to healing my body and my metabolism, because when it comes to metabolism, that's really tricky and it's challenging to understand metabolism from an, an intuitive place. So for me, being able to outsource and say, actually, I need some help and I, I can, I know what's right for my body and I know that this is right for my body. So intuitively feeling, let's bring some science into it. Let's, let's, let's count this. Let's ask for help. So that's, that's what I'm doing now. (laughs) Yeah. It's all about awareness. It's like these different tools that'll help you come to an awareness where, you know, then you're, it's, it reminds me of like meditation, you know, we might get away from one certain style of meditation and then come back to it, but really it's all leading towards the same space, same space, which is awareness and raising your vibration and doing the, and becoming more present. So the food feels the same way to me. It's like, well, if you're getting coached during, it's just leading you to awareness so that you can coach yourself and others better. There's, there's no problem in like education. And yeah. So I think that's, that's great. Um, where does your plant medicine journey fit in all of this? Did this happen when you moved to Hawaii or um, was it before that? So my plant medicine journey started when I moved to Hawaii. Um, There is a pretty large plant medicine community there. And that's where I met a lot of people. And, and I, I trust that, you know, someone will be having a conversation around you and you'll be able to pinpoint certain things. And why did I hear that? What's the reason for that? And really understanding the, you know, the, from the outside looking in, you know, what is actually happening here. So that's sort of how plant medicine came into my life of through conversation, through a partner that I was with, um, and his experience with plant medicine. So I'm just listening. I'm not necessarily letting it influence me, but I'm, I'm making my own decision based off of the seeds that are, have been planted around me. So then I, um, I was, I'm pretty sure I was approached at that point, um, with my, my medicine mentor who I've had for about a year and a half now, um, who has always been there to answer any questions, hold space for me, um, with any sort of downloads that I receive, um, then I can, you know, they can listen to me while I navigate that has been really helpful, but, but yeah, that, um, with nutrition, it, it's funny because plant medicine brought, way more awareness to life itself. And that helped me understand more of my own drive, my intuition. And it really validated what it is that I'm doing here, which is this. In my, um, in the very first ceremony, 
you know, the, the medicine, the, the spirit of the medicine told me that I'm doing everything I need to be doing. Here's why you're doing it. So it didn't, I didn't have these, these wild epiphanies that my entire life is upside down and I need to be doing something else. Um, it, it said, you this is what you're doing. This is your soul's work. So let me, let me show you why. And that has really allowed me to understand more of myself, understand more of the energy within food, within us and, and with the intangible food around us. Mm-hmm. And I use that now, um, deepening my own awareness with, with my practices so that I can reflect that back to other people. Mm. Pretty cool. And it's interesting that you drink the medicine too. So you're it's sort of like the most conscious. <laughs> right. So it's like, like you're eating it and then it's like telling you all this different stuff about where you are. And that's, it's really cool that you found a community that can hold that space for you. And, um, even increase your journey of awareness. And I think that's what, I think that's what coaches are here to do, whether they're like personal trainers or yoga teachers or whatever, it's like, we're here to increase awareness. So, I mean, I believe in in plant medicine so much. And like, so what's your journey with it been like, like what's some of your biggest ahas or like, or big no-nos? Like I've been in trouble with mushrooms before. Um, Like they got, they were pissed at me a couple of times. Um, but like, so what, do you have any like stories or anecdotes or anything like that, that you've learned along your journey? For me with plant medicine, it's very much in the setting. Um, any like aha moments, it's, you don't need so much to, to connect with you, you know, let these use these as a tool to connect with yourself and start, start small and see where that leads you. Um, a lot of us in the idea of, you know, you, you tell someone like, let's say they, um, with psychedelics, Oh, how much did you take? You know, why does it have to do with how much, you know, the aha moment is that you don't need that much you know, here's, here's a tool. It's not something that should consume you because you are, you, you want to be consumed with yourself. So let me outsource to feel more of that for myself. Mm, That's awesome. The best food, right? Is consuming yourself. Best food is consuming yourself and love. In love. Yes. So I love, those are beautiful messages and you don't need that much. Like I think people go and they look for like the big jungle like experience where they're blasted into next week and they're just looking for everything to be hard and hot and and intense and scary. But sometimes the most powerful journeys are when you take a little bit and I don't, this is what I'm learning with mushrooms right now is it doesn't even matter the dose. It matters where you are in your awareness and it matters what's going on around you. It's like, the, the mushrooms and, and the ayahuasca know way more than we do. So we think it's about the dose. It's so not. It's not, it's about what needs to happen right then for you, you know, (laughs) and yeah, very much situational. And then if you really want to get into the science of nutrition, you know, when you take, you know, certain, especially psychedelics, you're eating specific foods with that, that can enhance your trip, if you will. So there's that whole aspect that you can really like create this big concoction of, of a nutritional trip, (laughs) you know, you know, definitely for me, I've been experimenting lately with fasting before them. Um, just so I'm completely empty. And the only thing that's in my body is the psychedelic. Um, 
like one of the most beautiful trips I had was a couple years ago. And I had tried a couple times before that and it just wasn't working. Like my husband got his drone stuck in a tree and I was like holding the ladder, you know, and totally under the influence. And I was like, this is like not what I was expecting, but it was like in the wrong energy. And then I fasted for three days. It was a full moon and that was the night. And I took mushrooms and sat with them. And it was the most beautiful ceremony. I still think about it to this day and like, will cry because it was like, oh, that's how you do it. That's how you sacrifice, not necessarily just fasting, but like where my energy was, it was just like all planned. And it was the whole week was a ceremony. It wasn't just for that moment. It was everything surrounding it um, was just so beautiful. So I'm really happy that you said that, like the ceremony. And I love that you just said that the whole week is a ceremony because I mean, every, every part of our life is a ceremony, you know, when people, especially when it comes to like moon time or periods, you know, that's a ceremony with yourself. You're, you're letting go of stuff. So, you know, around moon time, moon, full moon. And then, you know, it's not only about, you know, from the time that you put mushrooms in your body. Okay. Let's have fun. It's more about what are you receiving? What is your information and how are you going to apply this to your life? You know, the mushrooms are the knowledge. So, but you, you know, you can have, you can have all this knowledge or you can apply it, you can use it. So that's really the integration process of medicine is, is so, so, so important. And that's a ceremony and a dance with life itself, dance with the medicine itself. Mm. How are you going to implement this? I love that. A dance with the medicine. And I think even just what I'm tuning into right now is I don't even like the word trip anymore. I don't even like the word. Um, like when I say I took mushrooms, like even that sounds really off to me now because it's like, it's medicine. It's a ceremony. It's like the, my verbiage around it has changed so much over the last, I don't know, five years. And now even I was writing in my journal the other day, cause I had a little ceremony and I crossed out the word trip. I was just like, I hate that word right now because it's even journey feels better to me. Ceremony feels the best. Medicine feels the best versus shrooms. Like I don't even like shroom because yeah. it's like, say the whole thing, like honor this. Right, right. So yeah, I'm happy that we're talking about, and life is the ceremony and we are the medicine. Like these are just tools and even nutrition is just a tool and a compass, but really keeps bringing us back to ourselves, which is the real work. That's the real work is how, how great do we know ourselves? Mm. How can we connect with ourselves? Sometimes when we have a hard time, we outsource and that's okay. Sometimes when we're experiencing a primary food void, it's okay to overcompensate with secondary food. It's all okay because all we're doing is just doing our best and doing our best to show ourselves more love, as much love as we can so that we can reflect that back into other people. Mm. So good. That's what I've learned on the spiritual journey is like spirituality isn't something that's outside of you. Yes, we have all these things that we can explore, but it's real self-discovery and self-realization. It's like self, self, self is what has kept all these different things that I study, all these different mentors that I have, they keep pointing back to me, even though I want it to be out there in them. I want it to be in India, but it's like, it's all about the self and even plant medicine. It keeps, it's about you. It's not about the jungle. It's not about where you go. It's about you. Um, so I love that. And so I have, I have two questions left. The first one is if you were to say, if you were to give your younger self or somebody new on the spiritual path, any little piece of advice, um, 
like, what do you know now that you wish you knew then, or some, something along those lines, a piece of advice to pass down? We already know, and it's already here. So <laughs> as, as a coach, my clients are, I'm not waiting for them to be born. This is something that my business coach, who then was a client of mine after I worked with her, this is something that she shared with me. And it was the best advice that I've ever received was that I'm not waiting for my clients to be, to be born. They're all here. What can I do to draw their attention? How can I carry myself that is interesting so that I can attract more people? So that's, they're already here, but we already know the answer. And sometimes we're stuck in this fog that's disconnecting us from, from our true reflections. So what can we use as a tool to wipe away the fog so that we can truly see ourselves? It's already here. We are standing in front of the mirror, but we're separated because of the fog. So identify what the fog is and use your tools so that you can truly see yourself. So good. <laughs> so good. And I'm so glad you said mirror too, because it reminded me of Polishing the Mirror by Ram Das. Mm -hmm. So, and the beginning of the Four Agreements book where they talk about the smoky mirror. Absolutely. But that's what it just reminded me of is like, this is a mirror. And we would you say we already know and it's already here? We already know and it's already here. Love that. And it's perfect for everything that you've been studying and just so good. Um, and my last question is, so the podcast is called talking each other home. And when I say home, when I say talking to each other home, like what is home? What is that? What is that to you? Home is love. Home yeah. is talking each other home. How can I communicate with you? That makes me feel like I'm truly in a space of love with myself that I'm truly feeling safe in my authentic expression. Love that. That's, that's actually a, an answer ayahuasca gave me too, was love. Home is love. And that was the biggest thing um, for me was that I used to say, oh, it's probably, nobody's asked me before, but before I, I had an answer ready just in case somebody would ask me because I was asking everybody. And I would say self spirit, like, and that still feels true to me, but I think love is home base for us. Um, and so like, where can people find you or work with you? Like, and I'll put the links in the show notes too, and in the description, but I guess just tell people kind of where, the, where you're at. Yeah. So I am on social media. Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm playing around with TikTok, which is hilarious and fun and intimidating but I'm I'm there I'm growing we're doing it um social media um on Instagram I'm Ariana R Wellness on TikTok my name is Ariana Wellness but also most importantly is my is my website it's arianawellness.com um I offer complimentary consultations they're about 15 minutes they're free we show up we talk about how I can serve you if this is the best fit um, and also there's more information about my practice itself and my journey right on my website. Um, and when that is also connected to my email. Mm, perfect. Okay. Well then we'll definitely, I'll, I'll get all those links from you there and um, put it in the show notes. So thank you, Ari, Ariana. Thank you Here's for so much, this was so fun. Thank you. And I'm, I'm excited because I think a lot of people listen who come from the fitness industry and who struggle with food. I think the whole world struggles with food. So I think this is going to really help a lot of people. So thank you. My whole goal in life is to just be here 
to provide my service. And as I change and grow, I can help other people do the same exact thing. So good. All thank right. you so much, Danny. Yeah, thank you. And have safe travels tomorrow to California. We didn't even get to that, but maybe next time we'll do another, we'll do another show. Have safe travels tomorrow. I'm sending you all the love and presence and just excitement for your journey. And I can't wait to see you when you come back to the Cape. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Hey, and everybody out there, thank you so much for watching and listening and joining us for another episode of Talking to Each Other Home. And I will see you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>